Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Well, the week is just flying by for me. I don't know about you, but Wednesday already. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and this is The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Now, let me ask you, when you think of somebody who is lonely, what comes to mind? Do you think of an older man or an older woman, someone who might be widowed, all the kids are grown, out of the house, maybe even living across the country? Do you imagine them... In a very quiet house, most of the lights off, sitting alone in a room, just passing the time. Might be reading a book or watching television. Is that what comes to mind? Does that maybe even describe you? But what if you're younger? What if your kids are still at home and you're busy with family life? Is it possible to feel lonely with people around you and your days, they're filled with activity? Well, I'd like to share a story from a woman named Claire. Claire lives in Ireland, and she wrote into the newspaper, the Irish Times, about dealing with loneliness. And here's what she says. I'm a girl, I suppose a woman really now, in my 40s, with a big family of five children, loving husband, two wonderful sisters, lots of gorgeous friends from a busy, fulfilled life. So, how would you ever imagine that I could suffer from loneliness? But yes, since my father died six years ago, I miss him so much sometimes, and I get very lonely. I wonder, when I am going about my day, doing my shopping, going for a walk, putting on my lipstick in the car, on the way to work, typing an email, why does loneliness just hit you? It could be someone who walks like Dad ahead of me on the street, the tilt of someone's head, watching an old man fumble with his credit card in a supermarket queue the same way Dad did, or a meeting of eyes in a traffic jam with someone dark and black-haired that looks a teeny bit similar. Loneliness, if it was a color, would have to be a dark, gray, slimy color because that is what it feels like when it hits you right in the stomach, a horrible gut-wrenching feeling. I often wonder, when I go about my business, how many people are feeling the same? And do they feel the same relief when the feeling lifts? I would always have thought loneliness was exclusive to people living alone with no one around. But sometimes loneliness is more acute when you are in a crowded place because no one knows how you feel inside. And it's amazing to see people going about their business not knowing that someone within reach is hurting so much inside. Now, Claire's story might sound familiar to you. Maybe you live that active, busy life, but you have those moments of loneliness. Or maybe you do live alone and very rarely get to interact with others. And then during this time of year leading up to Christmas, 
when we see all those movies that show scenes of families gathering together or people that are falling in love, even the television commercials, they show those images of families in a warm, cozy setting. And these images can make your loneliness even more pronounced. Maybe you're lonely because you moved for a job far away from family and friends. Maybe you're lonely because you lost a loved one recently. So what can you do to cope with your loneliness? And how can our faith bring comfort when we're dealing with those feelings of being alone? Well, this is what we want to talk about today on The Inner Life. And joining us is our spiritual director, Father Rob Kroll, is with us once again. He is a Jesuit priest in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee and the director of spiritual formation at St. Francis de Sales Seminary there in Milwaukee. Uh, Father Rob, welcome back to The Inner Life today. Glad to have you here as we talk about this, uh, this difficult but necessary topic. Yes, hello, Josh, and it is good to be with you and our listeners and I think it is a very important topic always, but uh, maybe especially at this time of year when people might feel that loneliness uh, or grief more keenly. Um, you know, we we kind of are expected at this time of year to uh, to be cheerful 24-7, you know, the whole holiday cheer and everywhere we look, we, yeah. we see, you know, see that. So, yep, I'm happy to be with you today. Well, and as we start talking about dealing with that loneliness that we might experience in our lives... Of course, there are all kinds of different people with different personalities, different dispositions. So some circumstances that might hit one person in one way that overwhelms them with those feelings of loneliness, those same circumstances might not have the same impact on another person. But having that understanding here at the outset, there are always going to be some common themes that are shared for people who are struggling with loneliness. What are some of those those things that you see in interacting with other people, especially in your role of uh, being a priest, helping in spiritual formation, in spiritual direction with others. When somebody comes to you and says, I'm really struggling with these moments of loneliness, I'm feeling alone, I'm feeling isolated, what are some of the things that you see that are those common threads? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, you know, I'm thinking about your opening story, which was very poignant, and I think one of the things I try to help people to realize is that uh, loneliness and grief are universal experiences, even if, as you say, it can vary in intensity depending on a person's temperament and just how they they deal with life. But we all experience those difficult uh, moments and sometimes prolonged periods of, of grief and loneliness. And so I think just affirming a person, first of all, and letting them know that it's okay to feel that, you know, there's there's no embarrassment or shame in in uh, having that difficult experience, and and I think, excuse me, I think um, one of the things that that's helpful too is to kind of recall for people that uh, you know we aren't meant to be alone. I mean, we're not we're not uh, solitary beings, but we're created for relationship and we're cre- created for communion with with God, of course, and and with one another. Um, you know, even if you go all the way back to the uh, beginning of the book of Genesis, where God says it is not good for the man to be alone, and creates right. Eve so that he has a partner uh, in life. And, you know, Adam had already named all the animals, and so there are all these other creatures around him, which I'm sure delighted him and, uh, you know, fascinated him. But but ultimately, we need other people. Um, so I think, yeah, just, just, you know, helping people to realize that this is kind of, quote-unquote, normal, uh, now, uh, some grief can be 
prolonged and, and perhaps, uh, you know, uh, they, a person needs more assistance in, in being able to, to deal with that grief. But, but in and of itself, we all experience grief and loneliness to various degrees. Well, and as you're talking about that, you know, the line that you mentioned from the book of Genesis, that God says it's not good for man to be alone, and then Eve is created, that that was one of the first things that came to my mind. But you're talking about, you know, the grief that people might experience. Um, I'd like to go back to something you just said here. It might take a little bit of time. and. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's something that is really, really important to point out because for anybody who maybe has lost someone that they love, you know, especially if it's a spouse or a child or a parent, um, it can take a long time to process those feelings, to process that grief, that loss. And in those moments when you're processing them, the rest of the world just seems to keep moving forward. Right. And we might we might have this idea that well okay well I need to I need to put on this brave face and I need to get back to life as normal whatever we imagine normal is because life's not going to be that same kind of normal when we've lost somebody and it really might take a long time to work through those feelings of loss and grief. So maybe you can talk to that a little bit where mm-hmm. if we find ourselves I'm still dealing with this, and I, I'm worried, oh, no, am I taking too long to get through this? Because everybody else seems to just be moving on with life. How, how can we reconcile that in our own lives? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think that, um, you know, it's important to realize that um, while people may appear to be, you know, happy and joyful and, and everything is hunky-dory, you know, I think... Uh, you know, as, as again, that story you used from the Irish woman indicated that, you know, we, we don't know what's really what's going on in the hearts and minds of other people and what they might be struggling with. And so I think, um, especially if the loss is of someone very close to me, as you indicated, you know, a parent or a spouse or a child, especially if that loss is sudden and maybe, you know, premature, I mean, there wasn't an opportunity uh, as there might be, for example, with a prolonged illness to uh, to accompany the person and kind of, you know, tell them of, of our love and, and help them kind of move into eternity with prayer and the sacraments and all of that. If, if, if a person is kind of ripped out of our life, as it were, through death or, you know, another loss, of course, is through um, divorce or some kind of um, falling out in a relationship or ending of a relationship, um, all of those things can can really be very very traumatic, and can leave their mark for a long time. And and even if over time there's healing and maybe it gets easier, um, you know it it can happen that memories can be triggered and that feeling of loss can rise up again, and uh, can cause tears. And and so I think, you know, as people of faith, sometimes I think one of the risks we encounter is that we think that because we do believe in heaven, and that life continues after heaven, and we might see our loved ones again in heaven, because we do believe in a, a very strong virtue like hope, and um, and because we have scripture passages and all kinds of resources at our disposal, we might be tempted to think, well, we shouldn't even really have any grief, you know, that that's kind of illegitimate. If I really have faith, and I really have hope, um, and I really know that heaven is real, well then, who am I to be, you know, grieving or feel lonely. So I think we have to 
you know, legitimize the experience and kind of help a person to realize it, it's normal and it's okay. And, and in fact, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in the course of the hour, but when you look at, you know, Jesus and Mary, I mean, they experienced uh, the death of Joseph. They experienced, well, Mary lost her son, Jesus. You know, Jesus lost Lazarus and other friends and John the Baptist's cousin. And, and you know, Jesus experienced loneliness at times. Um, you know, when disciples stopped following him after the uh, Bread of Life discourse, for example, and you know, there's that poignant question, do you want to, you know, leave me as well? And so I, I think just if our Lord, <laughs> who took on a full human nature, experienced this, um, it's okay for us too. Well, let's talk about Jesus and Lazarus. And mm-hmm. Jesus knows what he's going to do in that moment. He knows that he he even delays, he purposefully delays traveling to Bethany to visit Mary and Martha, to go there and heal Lazarus. And as he's coming to the house, I, I think it's Martha who comes up to him out on mm-hmm. the road as he's approaching and says, if you would only have been here, you would have saved him. Yeah, and Jesus, yeah. you know, he, he, he cries, he, he weeps there. But he knows he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He knows that he's going to bring him back. So that loss, that loneliness, that grief is only momentary. So you would even think at that moment, why is Jesus experiencing that in such a profound way? How, what, what does Jesus teach us there in that moment? Yeah, I think uh, it's an important lesson for us. You know, even though he's God, he's also got a full human nature, a, a human heart, and a full um, palette of human emotions, and a good friend of his has died, you know, and and even if there is the uh, the knowledge that he's going to bring him back from the dead, um, I think just the fact that someone very close to him experienced death, and, and there's, at least for, for a short time, a, a deep sense of loss there, um, and I think he's grieving too, because he knows that this death has caused pain to Martha and Mary, who are close friends of right, his, yeah. and so sometimes we get, you know, we get uh, feelings of grief. We share kind of in other people's grief, and that can be a real source of pain for us too. Um, and I think, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe we don't know exactly how old Jesus was when Joseph died, but certainly Joseph played a very important role in Jesus's upbringing and the formation of his human nature and his masculine identity. And so, whenever Joseph did. Uh, get called home by God. I'm sure Jesus and Mary both uh, grieved deeply, and so maybe, maybe this death of Lazarus somehow taps into other experiences of death that Jesus has experienced. You know, um, so yeah, I think I think the important lesson is just that again, we we can't really escape uh, grief uh, and loneliness, and and in fact, to try to. Um, you know, wall off our heart or immune ourselves or from these experiences. It. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's actually a bad thing. You know, it, it can lead to all kinds of problems. So I think allowing grief its its place and its role. I mean, we're, we're, you know, it's it's painful, but grief is really important for us because it reminds us that you know somebody in our life we really cared about, we really loved, and whether again whether we lost them through death or divorce or some other separation, um, you know, it's just I think it's a reminder that um, we're, we're made for each other. Well, and, you know, it, it kind of makes me think of that we wouldn't know a crooked line, or we would, I, I think it's you wouldn't know a straight line 
if you didn't ever see a crooked line. Mm -hmm. And kind of in that same sense, if if we wouldn't have loved, you know, then we we wouldn't have that ability to grieve over that lost relationship. I think that right. also allows us to then understand how God grieves for us when we make those decisions in our lives where, you know, maybe it's for a short period of, uh, you know, a short season of our life, or maybe it's a very long season, but where we rebel, we decide we're going to walk away and we kind of sever that relationship with God and that grief that he experiences there because he wants, he, he created us to love him and he wants to love us. And we're, we're cutting that off there. So, um, I, I, I have to imagine that allows us then later in our lives to be able to say, okay, I have a better understanding of that love that God mm -hmm. has for me, even though right. I'm finite and his love is infinite. Right. But, um, I think you highlight a really important, a really significant point, Josh, and that is that, you know, we should grieve over our sin, not primarily because we've broken a commandment or violated some divine law, but because our sin does, in, in some way or at some level, it does grieve God's heart, you know, that he is madly in love with us. He wants us all the time to do his will, not just because he's a dictator or, or autocrat who needs to have us be his slaves, but because he knows that his will for us is always what's best for us and will make us happy and flourish. And he ultimately wants us to be with him in heaven and um, experience the joy of heaven for all eternity. And so I think, you know, even small sins in some way must must affect God's heart. And, and um, so I think knowing that, you know, that can motivate us to really um, turn away from sin and, and experience deeper conversion. Um, you know, I think about somebody like Peter who, you know, hurt the Lord deeply by his triple betrayal. Um, you know, in, in, at the end of, of Jesus, near the end of Jesus's life, and yet, you know, it it became a moment. It was very much a moment of pain for Peter when he's weeping uh, after the cock crows. But then he, you know, he turns his life around, and and Jesus even has the opportunity in his resurrected state to ask Peter if if you love me. He asks him that three times as a way of undoing that triple denial and. And so the Lord wants our love, and um, and so when we fail to love Him or others, yeah, it does grieve Him, and I think, yeah, I think it's important for us to to really take stock of that. Our spiritual director today on the Inner Life is Father Rob Kroll, a Jesuit priest in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, director of spiritual formation at St. Francis de Sales Seminary. And today we're talking about the loneliness that we experience in our lives, especially during this time leading up to Christmas, when we see so many images of families, friends gathering together, and that might make that loneliness even more pronounced for you. How have you been able to deal with the loneliness that you've faced in your life? What has helped you? How has your faith been a source of comfort in those moments of loneliness. Maybe you're struggling with that loneliness right now and you'd like some encouragement, some advice uh, in your spiritual journey and you can call in and speak with Father Rob by calling 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. You can also email us at innerlife at relevantradio.com and we'll continue our conversation right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com forester. 
Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond. Today we're talking about loneliness, that loneliness that can sometimes seem even more pronounced. It can be really uh, just kind of get us uh, worked up as we approach the holidays, as we're in this time of year where it seems like everybody else is getting together with friends and family. And we might have that loneliness that begins to overwhelm us during these couple of months here. And how about you? How have you been able to work through and deal with that loneliness? And how has your faith been a part of working through that? How have you found comfort because of your Catholic faith? Maybe you're struggling with that loneliness right now, and you'd like to call in and speak with Father Rob Kroll, our spiritual director, and you can do that by giving us a call at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And uh, Father Rob, we've been talking a lot about losing a loved one, and you know, I, I just I think back to my grandmother. I think you know for most people losing someone really close, they'll never experience anything else that will hurt them quite the same way. And with my grandmother, after my grandfather died, we'd visit her regularly. But every time, every time we would leave, every time we'd back out of the driveway, she had her handkerchief out, she was dabbing her eyes. And even years after he'd passed, might have been five, six, seven, eight years after he'd passed, that was still every time we would drive away, she'd still have those tears that would well up in her eyes. And it just, it it carried with her for the rest of her life, basically. Can we talk about that, that hurt? Because that's one of those things that really stands out to me is, you know, we talked about it a little already, but it's okay that it takes a long time that we're not going to be the same person that we were before. In fact, we got an email from Deb. She wrote in and said, you know, when I feel this loneliness, I try and reflect on the memory of the person. I thank the Lord for the relationship that we had. And then I try and give my struggle of loneliness over to Christ and unite it to his loneliness that he experienced on the cross. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, it's really important that we, in acknowledging the grief and the loneliness that we feel, that we do, um, you know, turn to the Lord for comfort and realize, you know, that's where we were talking earlier in the program about how Jesus himself, you know, experienced um, both loneliness and grief. I mean, I think about him in the in Gethsemane, for example, when his disciples are falling asleep, and he's you know he's there with his father, and certainly found solace in that relationship with his father as he did throughout his life. Um, or I think about you know the desert temptations when he spent that time in the desert. Um, you know our blessed mother too. You know losing Joseph, losing Jesus, and I, I have so many images of her at the cross with uh, the disciple John. You know grieving with her and just kind of holding on to her, even supporting her. So I think you know it's important that when we do feel uh, deep grief and when that may last a long time, that we you know we don't squelch that, but we also um, don't just sort of wallow in it either. I guess in, in an unhealthy way, but that we try to you know, united with the Lord, um, you know, share our hearts with Him, um, and also reach out to, you know, fellow companions and travelers on the journey that that can just support us. I, I do think, you know, our own experience of grief and loneliness is important, too, because then we're more empathetic, not just having sympathy, but actual empathy for other people who are going through their time of loneliness and grief. And, uh, 
So often we don't have to have uh, lots of words and you know easy answers, and we, we're not there to fix a person. We're just there to accompany them and you know help them to feel that they're not alone uh, in their grief and struggle. So I you know but that goes a long way. Yeah, you know as you're talking about that, it makes me think of. Uh, so another family member, I have a cousin who died in a traffic accident when she was 17. She, um, her death, it was just traumatic for her family. Her parents ended up a few years later, they went through a divorce and I'm sure they were both just hurting in such a profound way. But apparently, you know, you were talking about, we're supposed to accompany each other. We're supposed to be able to be you know, offer that comfort. It helps make us more empathetic. Apparently they just couldn't find that comfort together through that pain and they pulled away. I don't know if it was only one of them. One of them just, you know, pulled away, shut down, didn't want to talk, or if it was something that both of them did. But the one person that you would think that you should look to for support, for love, that one person that they could cry with, that they they know this person is probably hurting as much as I am, for whatever reason, they just couldn't do that together and for each other. And I mean, it just breaks my heart, you know, even talking about it now, just thinking of how that family dissolved. And what are some of the, what are some of the warning signs, I guess, maybe if somebody's listening and saying, I don't want to go through that, but I'm really struggling right now to open up, to share, to be that person that, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm a husband or a wife who has lost a child and it's hard for me to accompany because I'm hurting so much and my spouse is hurting so much, it's hard for them to accompany. How do you get past that hurt? How do you get past that, that pain that you're going through and help your spouse or that, or whoever it may be? How do you help them along? Yeah. Well, I do think that um, one thing that can be really helpful in a, in a situation that you're describing is is counseling. You know, we, we as Catholics, you know, believe that, uh, you know, part of our human makeup is, is a psychological and emotional um, component. And, and we know that good psychological counseling can often, you know, really help us to heal. And so, of course, we want to turn to God directly in prayer, and there's many scripture passages that might be helpful, and the sacraments, you know, grace uh, through the sacraments. But I think, too, that sometimes, you know, we, especially when the grief is intense, and, and, and it's important to, um, to reach out to a good, you know, uh, therapist who can just ask the right questions and help us to... Um, you know, process and, and talk through some of the grief. And we could, you know, we could do that individually, but maybe if a couple is going through the loss of a child, um, you know, it might be helpful if the two of them, I mean, they grieve differently, but, but still it might be helpful for the two of them to go as a couple to get some counseling as well. Um, so I think, yeah, that would be something I would I would really recommend to somebody who may be listening and really struggling is is um, to, to find somebody who's trained to... Uh, deal with specifically with with grief and uh and then you know let let that be a source of comfort and wisdom um it's it's sad when you hear you know sometimes people just you know when they're when when they grow up they don't really do well in terms of forming friendships and so they may feel as an adult that they're you know that they're kind of isolated and have not been able to form good healthy friendships that are meaningful and people to whom they can turn uh, when life gets tough. And that's always a, 
kind of a heartbreaking uh, experience. But I think for many of us, you know, there's there's probably somebody uh, that we can confide in and 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 you know turn to. If nothing else, maybe our you know our pastor uh, at the parish or associate pastor, a priest that maybe we're close to, or or uh, you know someone else in our faith community that that uh, you know I've gotten to know. Um, and again, we're not asking them to you know fix everything. We just want them to to be present and you know kind of let us know that it, that uh, things are going to get better and um and that's where too I think just the stories of people that we know too who have gotten through really difficult uh, experiences of grief and loss you know that just that's something we can draw a lot of strength from too just knowing that you know over time right. it usually gets better and uh and so just learning from other people's experience can be can be really valuable our spiritual director, Father Rob Kroll, and we're talking about that loneliness that we can feel that can uh, kind of uh, become even more pronounced here during the holiday season and taking your phone calls as well at 888-914-9149. And maybe you've gone through that grieving, that loneliness, and what helped you along your journey? Uh, how did your faith play a role as a source of comfort in those moments of loneliness? Maybe you're going through that right now and you'd like uh, some encouragement, like some advice, and you can call us at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father, we've got Mary who's listening in Oregon, and uh, Mary, so glad to have you calling into The Inner Life. You're on the air with Father Rob. Thank you. Hi, Mary. I lost my, hi, I lost my husband in 2020 in July and we've been married 61 years. Wow. And then this last July, my mother, who was 104, she passed away. Mm. And uh, I I was thinking I had never lived by myself. I uh, lived with my parents and then married and went with my husband. And, and uh, it's a different life. I don't know... Uh, it's hard to uh, know what my role is. Uh, I I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, one thing that um, I have done is I started taking communion to shut-ins. Um, I uh, I went to I go to mass every Sunday, and this last Sunday, the priest in his homily talked about counting your blessings and I thought you know I am really lonely especially in the evenings I get so lonely um, I'm not used to being by myself but it made me think well count my blessings hmm. tell me just just think about how how good everything is um, my family, there's a dissension in my family, and uh, I just keep praying about that. Mm-hmm. But they may be, they may be, uh, they may be grieving also. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a good friend who lost her husband about three or four years ago. She is a good Christian woman, and we talk and we talk together. But I, I guess what I'm saying is. The the best thing that I have found, and thank you, Father David, for helping me, but count my blessings. 
look look how how thank you for all the the people that have stood by me and instead of instead of saying oh i'm so lonesome oh i i, I don't know what to do think about positive things in your life yeah well Mary, thank you very much for sharing that experience. And there's a few things that you've said that I just want to comment on because I think they're really important for people that might be listening. And one is, you know, you mentioned that you were married for 61 years and, and then your mother, you know, who was 104, I think you said, had died. And and you're, you sort of said in passing, you know, kind of what I heard was, who, in a sense, who am I now without them? You know, what's my identity? Because we, we often are defined by relationships. You know, I'm somebody's spouse. I'm somebody's uh, son or daughter. I'm, I'm somebody's parent. And when people then die or are taken away, you know, we can really go through a period of like, yeah, who, who am I now? And how, how do I relate to the world? So that can exacerbate, you know, the loneliness and loss. Um, I I really like what you said about bringing communion to shut-ins, and it made me think that one of the ways we can deal with grief and loneliness is is to turn outward in service to others, you know, and that can take many, many forms. But um, to, you know, realize that, uh, you know, we, we can not not in a in an unhealthy way of like running from the grief and loneliness but but that we don't have to just sort of sit in it either we can we can reach out to others and be of service to them and then we're kind of restoring again relationship i have a priest friend who is originally from ireland and his mother i think was about 100 and she died this fall and he was able to go over fortunately and and be with her um but uh, you know he's back in the states now, and he's he told me the other day that because of how busy he is right now at this time of year, he, he he's very aware that he really hasn't grieved, you know, and he's kind of like realizing it's going to maybe be delayed for a time. And so you know I think that that awareness is helpful, but you don't want to delay it too long either. Um, and so that that's another reality that we haven't talked about much in the program, but that sometimes you know grief uh, it's hard to grieve in the moment. Um, and it's it's often later down the road, you know, once the funeral is over and everyone's kind of gone back to their quote-unquote normal lives, that, that the grief might be felt more keenly. I also really like what you said about gratitude, you know, counting blessings. And again, not, not as an escape from the grief, but just saying, this grief doesn't have to define me either. It's not the totality of my experience. That even in the midst of my grief, God is near. He's caring for me. Um this person that I who who I'm in, whose death I, or absence I'm grieving is a real was a real blessing too and and so I can rejoice in that relationship in that person and then and then I want to bring in the virtue of hope again too you know that our faith says that uh, we'll we'll see that person again um, we'll be with them in your case with your husband and your mother um, so anyway just some good I think you brought up some really important points that can help us any of us deal with grief. Mary, so glad you called in today. Um, and again, we're talking with Father Rob Kroll here on The Inner Life today about the loneliness, about times of grief that we might go through here, especially as we approach the holiday season and uh, have Christmas coming up in less than two weeks. And you can call in and join the program at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. I know so many of you are holding, and we're going to try and get to as many calls as we possibly can uh, coming up next here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. 
Today's programming is brought to you by St. Gregory Recovery Center in Iowa. More information about their faith-centered addiction treatment is available at relevantradio.com slash stgregory. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond and our spiritual director for the hour, Father Rob Kroll. He's a Jesuit priest in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee and the director of spiritual formation at St. Francis de Sales Seminary there in Milwaukee. Today talking about loneliness, about the grief that we might go through at this time of year especially uh, when we see so many other people surrounded by family and friends and that loneliness that might be really um, brought out in the forefront for us. And how about you? How have you been able to work through and deal with that loneliness that you've faced in your life? And how has your faith been a source of comfort in those moments of loneliness? Maybe that loneliness is something that you're struggling with right now and you'd like to call in. And our uh, studio line is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father, Judy is listening to us in Arizona. Hi, Judy. Thanks for calling into The Inner Life today. Uh, thank you. I just ran across your channel accidentally. Um, I'm actually from Iowa, but I was listening to the beginning of your program, and um, obviously it's about losses. And my daughter and her husband were killed in an accident uh, about just about four years ago. And um, their daughter was 13, and their son was 15. And my granddaughter, I'm really worried about her. Um, she seems to be having, like, kind of panic attacks and anxiety. And I just feel like she probably hasn't been able to grieve. And like, I guess I'm feeling like what you're saying, especially for somebody like her, I worry about her. Um, Her aunt, they live with her aunt, who they were very close to. And so I think they're good in their living situation. But I think, you know, if I'm wondering if you would have suggestions like what would be the best thing for her? I'm I'm thinking from listening to you, grief counseling would be the best. But, I mean, she's kind of the type of person that stows her feelings away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a difficult situation. And I guess I would definitely recommend, especially for a young person like that who's still in her teen, she's a teenager, isn't she? She just turned 17 the other day. Yeah. So I I would say um, grief counseling could be really helpful. Um, You know, in my own family, uh, my sister uh, had a a pretty rough uh, divorce, and her children were very young at the time, and so they've had to deal with uh, a loss there, not through death, but through divorce. And I know that counseling has been helpful for them. And so that's certainly something I would recommend. And there are some good, you know, books too, that are available. I, I, you know, I think about like Ave Maria press, which is, uh, Notre Dame university's press. Um, they have a series of books called finding your way after 
your parent dies, they have one after your spouse dies, after your child dies. So they have different books kind of targeting the particular relationship that is lost through death. But, you know, sometimes just reading um, a book like that, too, uh, is, is can be really helpful. Again, bringing in wisdom, helping a person to realize that what they're going through is, is normal and uh and uh, you know, I don't know what kind of relationship you yourself have, Judy, with with uh, your grandchildren. But I think you know, certainly praying for them, and then maybe on occasion, you know, just reaching out to them to see how they're doing, and um, and maybe you could share one of these books or something with with them too. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it's it's difficult, and it, it's going to, I'm sure, take time uh, for the healing process to to really uh, continue. But but uh, I don't know if I, I don't think it's, it's probably yeah. about all I have. Judy, yeah. thanks for calling in. You know, one other suggestion I might make, uh, and Father, um, my own dad passed away when I was nine years old. And so, yeah. you know, I didn't lose both of my parents, but lost one when I was young. And one of the things that I really appreciated as I got older was especially being able to hear stories about my father. Some of those things mm-hmm. that, you know, as a child, you look at your parents and they're, you know, they're, they're your entire world. They can do anything and everything. You don't see their weaknesses. You don't see their flaws the same way that you would as an adult. And so being able to then, you know, in those years of adolescence, of, you know, growing into my early adult life and hearing some of those stories that made my father just human for me was really helpful to Judy, you know, being able to hear about him as a real person. And, uh, you know, even some of the things, the way that I behave, uh, some of my uh, disposition, my personality. I'll even have my older sister, my older brother, my mom, they'll say, oh yeah, that would have been something that your father would do and kind of point that out. And so there's that, you know, I know he still kind of continues on in a sense, just by the way that I'm living, by the way that I, you know, preserve his memory. And, uh, and of course, you know, praying for the repose of his soul, um, you know, every November, it's a great time to pray for, uh, those loved ones we've lost. Um, so just a couple of thoughts just from dealing with that in my own life. But, uh, Father, we've got time for at least another call here. Let's go to yeah. Keith, who's listening to us in Orange County, California. Hi, Keith. You're on the air with Father Rob. Hey, thank you, guys. Um, yeah, just a couple comments, and especially that last uh, that last caller, Judy. Um, my thoughts and prayers are with her and her grandchildren. I, I too, lost... Um, my mother in a car accident when I was 16 and, um, you know, I can relate to, uh, the grief, the confusion and, and the sorrow that, you know, everyone who has lost at, at a young age goes through. And I think just to comment on that, um, I wasn't planning to, but when I was listening and waiting, uh, I heard that story and it just stayed hit home. I think the one piece of advice there that I could give is, it's just continual acknowledgement, you know, of, of the loss and in sitting and, and grieving with, with grandchildren, because uh, grief doesn't just stop, you know, at a certain time point. Um, you know, I continue to grieve, uh, you know, for the loss of my mother and pray for her soul, um, you know, later in my life now that I'm in my mid-30s. Uh, but, you know, it, it's it's an ongoing process. Um, 
And I think, you know, that being said, I recently lost my father this year. Um, and, you know, you know, I think the thing that allows us not to fall into despair or to sulk in the loss is our faith. Right. And as an adult, I didn't know this as a child, as a 16 year old boy, but as an adult and as a father, I think we can use loss and, and, and grief as just a reminder that we need to prepare our souls. Right. Um, and we need to pray for the souls that are that have lost um, and gone before us. But I think the one thing that I've learned is, you know, especially with the loss of my father this year, that was tragic and totally unforeseen as well is we can't ever lose sight of continuing to pray and preparing our souls with penance and, and everything else we can do to do that. Yeah, thanks, Keith. Thank you very much. I, there's a lot of wisdom in what you say, and I just I feel like our even in this one hour of our program, you know, it's it's been a needed, uh, very much tangible experience of people from, you know, around the country who are strangers, but still we can we can reach out to support one another and offer words of comfort and wisdom. So this is this is exactly you know an example of the kind of thing that we need, uh, and and so I'm grateful that you called and uh, especially. Um, spoke some beautiful words to Judy, but but I think all of us can can learn from them. Well, and, uh, you know, to your point there, Father Rob, Chuck Neff, uh, the prior host here on The Inner Life, he would always comment that he thought this hour was the world's largest faith-sharing group here, and that is exactly what we're experiencing here during this hour. Uh, Father, before we run out of time, if somebody's listening and they're saying, you know, I'd, I'd really like to have some more resources that I could look at, maybe somebody that I could, I could uh, look to as an example of being able to make it through that loneliness, that grieving. Uh, any saints that you might recommend that would be good to read about um, somebody's life that would be a good example for us? Well, you know, somebody he's not a canonized saint, but I think somebody that we all or many of us would would know of and who might be a real good source of uh, inspiration is C.S. Lewis. You know, he uh, he was married to a woman named Joy Davidman, and um, after she died in 1960, I think it was, he wrote a little book called A Grief Observed, and uh, and he talks about the process of, you know, grieving for her, and um, and then later on, you know, maybe some of us have seen this movie, but um, Anthony Hopkins starred in a movie called Shadowlands, and that movie highlighted, you know, their relationship and the grief that uh, he experienced, and... Um, so I find it a very poignant movie myself, and so that might be, you know, a contemporary example, kind of a famous person that uh, we could really uh, learn from. I know here at the seminary where I work, um, um, it's named after St. Francis de Sales, and he was a very close friend of another saint, St. Jane Francis de Chantal, and she had quite the series of losses, too. I mean, she lost her mother at a young age, um, and then her husband uh, died after only seven years of marriage, and then she outlived most of her children. Only one of her children outlived her, and um, so she experienced. And then she actually experienced the loss of Saint Francis de Sales too, which may have been the most traumatic uh, death that she experienced. So she's her life story, her biography might be a source of comfort for people too. And so again, it's all about I think um, acknowledging the grief and allowing the process to unfold, but then also keeping our sights on on heaven 
and uh, and and letting prayer and the scriptures and uh, and fellow human beings all be sources of comfort for us. I also mentioned, you know, they mentioned that um, uh, there are the, the, those books by Ave Maria Press, right, and I know right. that there's also a, a book called The Catholic Guide to Loneliness by by Dr. Kevin uh, Vost, V-O-S-T. So if you just Google, uh, you know, uh, the, the topic, you'll, you'll come up with some good Catholic books um, by reputable publishers. So. Well, Father, thank you so much for being with us this hour, and we're down to about our last 30 seconds. Could I ask you to offer all of our listeners a final blessing as we conclude the hour today? So, Heavenly Father, I ask you to bless all who are listening, especially those who may be grieving deeply at this time of year. Uh, bring hope and uh, light into our darkness and help us to make more room in the inn of our own hearts for the coming of your Son, Jesus. So may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Rob. And thank you for listening. Apologies to those of you who called in. I know so many of you were trying to get through and we just didn't have time to get to all the calls, but we'll have to revisit this topic again in the future. Of course, stay tuned. Mass is next. And I want to encourage you to download the podcast. If you missed any earlier portion of the uh, program, you can find that at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app.